Welcome to the Shred with Science podcast with your host, Dr. Chris Spearman, one of the world's leading online fitness coaches and expert in metabolic correction and a global cover model. Chris delves deep into the most up-to-date scientific literature to provide you with the tools you need to live a healthy, enjoyable, and educated lifestyle. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Shred with Science podcast. It is episode 18, and I have an absolute legend of a guest on the podcast today, Phil Graham. I was so excited to have Phil on board. Phil is a hero, um, absolute legend in the fitness industry, but just such a genuine guy as well. The one thing I love about Phil is most of you guys who do know him will have seen his fitness kind of life. Phil's obviously got a lot going on behind the scenes other than fitness, but in terms of his mindset, his spirituality, it's massively inspirational. Just his thought process about life um, is incredible and really inspirational. Uh, I think it was probably like three, almost four years ago now that I was on Phil's podcast, Muscle Elite Radio, um, talking everything about my PhD and um, kind of cancer and, and, and kind of how that was going for me. And I, at that point, I was just getting into fitness. So it's pretty cool to have him back on my pod, um, podcast. And yeah, it started off obviously talking about you know, Phil's journey as a diabetic um and but it branches off which i was really happy about to be fair and you listen to it right till the end because you know talking about adversity and how you deal with challenges in your life and and challenges making who they are very similar to my last episode um but we've gone into a lot more detail so um yeah guys if you haven't checked phil out um and his diabetic muscle and fitness guide is an absolute must uh, for any coach in my opinion, any online coach, because how many of you, most of you out there will have at some point um, a diabetic client. Um, anyone obviously who has diabetes, it's a must. Um, and anyone in general, I think it's uh, just a really good read. Um, luckily enough, uh, I've, I've finished. Uh, don't ask me how. I, I don't read a huge amount of books. I try to. I try to. I try to. Um, but yeah, I was absolutely loved it an amazing book so that's definitely worth getting as well for those of you guys who haven't got it um but yeah i hope you enjoy um as always take as much from this as you possibly can anyone that you would like to see on on the podcast in the future reach out to me let me know and enjoy the episode phil absolute pleasure to have you on board how's it going it's great to be on, Chris. Thank you for having me, my man. The busiest man in the United Kingdom, for sure. <laughs> How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. Well, this has been the, what, the second, no, this is the third podcast attempt that you've tried to catch me. So you've got me now. So I'm yeah, you down. seeing value for the next 45 minutes and uh, give your audience some knowledge bombs to walk away with. Awesome. Awesome. So just give um, the audience a little background about you. I know most will uh, already know uh, tons, but for those who don't, give us a little, a little background. Okay. First of all, I always like to disclose my age because everyone thinks I'm about 45. I'm actually just 30. <laughs> so let's just clear that up first. I got into the industry when I was 16 years of age. Now, when I was First, I think it was my first birthday when I was 16, I was diagnosed with diabetes. Now, that story is very interesting and very inspiring. And it's now actually the fuel behind one of the biggest projects I'm involved with now, Diabetic Muscle and Fitness. But long story short, I was overweight, 
didn't exercise, didn't have a value on health and fitness whatsoever. And it wasn't until I got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes after experiencing a host of the side effects that diabetes causes. Uh, blurry vision was the biggest one for me and caused me to go to the doctor, diagnosed with type 1. And from that minute onwards, I remember the doctor in the room during the diagnosis and my mom was sitting there crying in tears and he was saying, you might have this, you could have that, this complication might happen, your life might end earlier. And I always listened to his words and they were might, could, possibly, potential. And I got inspiration from those words. I realized, right, okay, this guy's not telling me anything definite, but he's saying that it could. Now, what are the things that I can look into that are going to allow me to control my health? So he talked about lifestyle, fitness, exercise, nutrition, um, stress management, medication, and getting accountable. And whenever I heard those words, I tripled down on mastering those areas in respect to protecting my health. And I went on to university, studied clinical nutrition, went on and had a very successful junior bodybuilding career. And by the time I was 21, and that actually carved the whole path for me going into the fitness industry because I was acquiring all this knowledge to help better myself and protect my health. I didn't want to experience the complications of diabetes. I didn't want to go blind. I didn't want to have this complication, that complication. And I then doubled that up with the accountability of building muscle and being in great shape. And going from being overweight to in very good shape and in, in shape, I saw immense value in that. And the more and more value I got from that, the more and more I delved into the study and the understanding of all these topics. And the more I did that, the more I began to talk about it, showcase it, and people began to get interested. People got interested. They asked questions. They wanted me to coach them. They wanted me to train them. And my goal was to be a clinical di dietitian. That was my, my life ambition at the time. Yeah. And I worked for the health service for a while. And I realized that over time, there was just so many people asking me to write them diets, to train them, to coach them. And so I started coaching a few people on the side. And then I was competing myself. I, I won an endless amount of shows and picked up a lot of trophies, a lot of medals, and became known as a go-to guy for bodybuilding and nutrition. And it wasn't long until I realized, okay, I'm getting paid more here to coach individuals than yeah. what I'm getting paid in the health service. And I'm also getting a bigger impact. I'm getting more gratitude out of this because I'm getting more accountability. I'm getting the opportunity to talk to people that actually truly value what I'm saying and actually implement it. And I'm not just covered in red tape. And also as well, I've got a hands-on role. So I was like, okay, this is in my own time, I enjoy this. I'm getting paid better for it. I'm putting the money back into my business, back into my learning to learn more. This is less stressful. So I made the jump and went into a full-time personal trainer. And then I quickly became, after doing all the shows, the go-to guy for show prep and contest prep back in the day. I mean, this was really early on when like, you know, the first fitness model show was in Ireland and mm -hmm. I trained the first Miss Fitness Ireland. Um, a girl, Jill McConkey. That was like right when everything started. There wasn't even a WBFF. There wasn't mm -hmm. any of those shows. And um, that went on to other individuals and more and more and more. And at that time, I was still building the personal training business and coaching and getting great results. And, you know, I had a, I had a booking list of, it was always two months, three months you were waiting to get in with me. I set up an online, did all the usual stuff. And long story short, 
uh, it wasn't long until PT started to notice my success. And they started to say, look, hey, can I come and speak to you for a day? Can I come and speak to you for an hour? Can I come and work with you? Can I come and learn off you? Um, I started to realize, okay, well, I'm starting to impact more people here by helping these coaches and trainers uh, work their business and work their clients. So I find great value in coaching them because my impact was greater and it was much more of a leadership role mm -hmm. instead of just working with one-to-ones. And it wasn't long until I got asked to do seminars, got to write articles, got to do this. And I just basically scaled my way up. And at the same time, I was still studying. I was still learning. I'm still bodybuilding. I was still training. I was still practicing what I preached, getting results, doing all the usual stuff. I was locked into it. It was a really high value of mine. And then just recently, within the last two years, um, I was speaking at an event and I came off stage and I never really talked about my diabetes during this stage. It was always a quiet thing that I kept underneath the rug. And uh, I remember coming off stage and there was this queue of individuals and long story short, they were all diabetics. And they asked me, they all basically said, look, you need to do something with diabetes. And it was that moment that I had a penny drop moment to write the diabetic muscle and fitness guide. And if I have it here. I have it here, if you don't. You have it there. <laughs> yeah. That was the diabetic muscle and fitness guide. And I basically wrote that for the younger me. And all the questions that I had about diabetes, nutrition, building a body. And if you understand diabetes, diabetes is a catabolic disease which breaks down muscle tissue when it's not controlled. Mm -hmm. There's a host of health complications. A lot of people seem to think that diabetes is an advantage for muscle building because they confuse the consumption of insulin with uh, uh, performance-enhanced bodybuilding. But it's not the case. Uh, it's a huge responsibility to manage on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. And there was no information available. There was no credible source of quality nutrition or training information there. So I had to go out and look for it, ask for it, seek it, put it together, compile it, and put it into a book. And writing a book was a very tough task. It was very, very monotonous. I bet. Um, you know, it's sitting in front of the same pages thinking, is this going to fail? Is this going to do well? Blah, blah, blah. And I had to park up some of the, the personal training business at the same time. And I was, um, you know, at that point, starting to really question, you know, okay, I'm taking time away from this. I got quite uncomfortable from my routine. And, um, you know, I just per persevered, persevered, persevered. And I put the book out and, you know, the book is, you know, sold all over the world. We're in the process now of um, getting it translated into Arabic. It's Really? That's awesome. Yeah, I have to fly out to um, Dubai in, in the next couple of months. Actually, have to. Oh. So for, uh, yeah, <laughs> for, uh, to discuss the publication deal. That's awesome. Um, we published in Australia um, about four months ago. And uh, we are looking to publish into um, Spanish, German, and French. But again, it's how do you market to a German, French, Spanish market? Um, yeah. And plus as well from that, created a whole host of other things. So, um, you know, membership site, uh, muscle building, practical guide, fat loss guide, uh, training programs, um, cookbooks just recently. Membership. It must be amazing to have, um, to be able to turn something like that into such like a massive positive, but clearly a niche, you know? Like yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the main thing that I'm focused on is in inspiring and helping people. And yeah. I know the emotions that I went through when I felt that there was nothing there and nobody understood. And, you know, now that that is connecting people all around the world, you know, if you, we, we have a private group on Facebook and, you know, you're getting people holding the diabetic muscle and fitness guide up and there's an elephant behind them. You're getting people, you know, like, 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 you know, lying on a yacht 
you know, in, in Monaco and people in Russia, like lying up and, you know, like a, a vodka bar with a fucking diabetic muscle and fitness guy, excuse my French, but it's, uh, it's very yeah, awesome. interesting to see that so many people are getting value from it across the world. And, you know, it's only going to build and build and we've attracted some incredible people into our environment. And, you know, we've got like some celebrities in there with diabetes. We've got professional bodybuilders, fitness models and there's a wwe guy in there um wow it's, it's just incredible and you know that's a very uh, very interesting and inspiring part of my mission and on top of that now i mean i'm retired from personal training i retired when i was 27 and uh you know i've replaced that now with mentoring a lot of trainers and i do two yeah. masterminds a year i speak a lot of education it's not so much on nutrition now nutrition was my big forte but that like has sort of been you know dominated now um by a couple of other head figures and you know there's nobody really giving out real good business stuff and, and, and self-development stuff as well and so you know i really enjoy that it's very inspiring for me i get a lot of value from it and I, I really love seeing people grow their businesses and also as well sort their own personal stuff out which is what we're going to talk about today in yeah. terms of people really getting clarity on who they are as individuals. And the word clarity is something that so many people aren't clear on. I mean, clarity for me is one, knowing who you are and having a large degree of self-love and being committed to searching for that, discovering that and, and building that on a level that it just, you know, allowing you to operate at a different um, level to everyone else. I mean, when you understand yourself, your emotions, your behaviors, you're much more clearer in what you do and how you act. And you're much more integral. Whereas when you don't know yourself, you tend to end up living inside the values of other people. Mm. It means that you're always looking around and you're comparing and you're always of this like instant gratification, um, easy decision type thing. Yeah. You know? The, the one thing that... Around. The one thing that I always get asked is, Chris, how do you do so much in a day? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, and then I see what you do. And I'm like, Phil has done all of this stuff in this short space of time. I know how difficult it is to write, you know, I'm not going to say a book, but my thesis was almost 300 pages. So that literally consumed my life. You seem to have done that and done everything else that you've done in... in yeah, well, you know, it all boils down to addressing what you value in life. And yeah. the study of values is known as axiology. And the values in life are what you think about the most, talk about the most, buy the most, invest in the most, network with the most. And if you look at my life, every person in my life, in my relationships, my wealth, my, you know, my, my interests, my external dialogue is about entrepreneurship, self-development, and health and fitness. Health and fitness used to be at the very top. It's now third down the list. So you'll see less of it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everything in my day is geared towards those three areas. And if I fall outside of those three areas, I go to chaos. Yeah. My mind goes all over the place. So if you were to say to me, hey, let's go and uh, play golf. Let's go and play golf. I would, my head would pop yeah. off. I'm right? the same. I'm the same. Right? 
you have to structure your day in accordance to that. And when you structure your day in accordance to the things that you value in life, you don't want to stop and you get a lot of stuff done because you're productive. If you're not getting stuff done and you're not being productive in your day, it's because you're not clear on what your values are and you're not clear on what you're going to do with your values. Yeah. So, you know, I have two very clear mission statements for the two businesses that I have, Diabetic Muscle and Fitness, which is to inspire hope and end suffering in people with diabetes. And secondly, the entrepreneurship one, the, the personal development one, is to empower and educate trainers with tools, knowledge, and confidence to be able to create a life that they want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that for me, you know, I, I, while I'm only 30 years of age, I've been through a lot of life experience and I've done a lot of things mm-hmm. in order to, to do that. And I'm teaching from a place that I've been authentically. I've made mistakes. I, I've messed up. I've rebuilt things. I've done things quickly. I've networked with the right people. I've done the work. I've invested in myself and I'm continuing to do so. It never ends. Yeah. And, you know, whenever you don't have a vision, you get caught up in the vision of somebody else. And one of my mentors once said to me, any area of your life that you don't empower, someone else will empower for you. Someone else will control. So again, I talk to you off the call about all the different areas of life. We've got the mental, which is our wisdom, our intellect. We've got our spiritual, which is our self-love and sense of purpose and gratitude. We then have our business, which is our service to the world. We then have our wealth building. We then have our physical health. We then have our social leadership. We then have our family and relationships. Um, and, and those kinds of aspects. And in area, if, you, if you understand is that any area you don't choose to control, someone else will control. So if I don't control my wealth, someone else will control it. The state will control yeah. it. If I don't control my health, then the doctors and the healthcare teams are going to control it. If I don't control my relationship, then I'm going to be in and out of relationships all the time and people are going to mess me around. So you have to make really firm, committed decisions to what you want. And 99% of the people that I talk to do not have a map for their life. And while it's very hard to say, right, where am I going to end up? You need to have a rough idea. Hmm. So for example, if you look at each area and you plan for each area accordingly, you should have, right, what do I want to have mentally? What do I want to have wealth-wise? What do I want to have business-wise? What do I want to have spiritual-wise? Most people can't even answer that. Most people don't even know what spiritual is. So if you don't have answers for those questions, you're hitting the ground running with no GPS or roadmap. Yeah. While these while these areas are not necessarily a point to an end, they're an ever growing journey. It's something to refer to. And somebody said to me during the day, just the other day, um, I'm losing track of my days and I'm not being productive and I feel very fuzzy and all over the place and jumping from one thing to another. And I'm like, do you know your values? No. Most people don't know their values. Have you got any sense of productivity or time management or planning? You manage your time according to your values. Mm. So, you know, what matters most to you in life, you'll tend to shift towards that. And if you don't have value on something in your life and the only thing that you value is the opinion of other people telling you that you're good enough, then you'll spend your whole day trying looking for gratification right yeah so understand when you do that 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 that, that, that's such a a flimsy um weak and volatile sense of value that it doesn't build you anything and it's not valuable to you it's actually self-destructive and self-sabotaging and you have to know like i said those values are you're going to get gobbled up by the world and um you know working in all those different aspects and areas in, in life is just so, so, so important. And the, the best way to work on those is to, one, 
go to people that have achieved something in that area that you want to achieve and quiz them and ask them, study them, read books and materials. That's all the simple stuff. But the best way to learn is through inspiration. And the only way that you can learn through inspiration is when you make a serious fuck up in one of those areas and you learn to thank that situation for teaching you something that you now value. Yeah. I don't know. We spoke about that off call, obviously going through tough periods ourselves. And, uh, you know, we all go through, you know, everyone listening to this has gone through a situation that is, um, well, hopefully molded them into a better person. But, you know, if, if un, un, until you kind of get that your head around that, that's, you know, the possibility is going to be difficult. The fact of the matter is, Every situation that somebody looks at with resentment or anger is a situation that somebody can't see the positive to. Yeah. And if you look at any negative situation in your life, you will feel resentment if in your head you've got a one-sided attachment to one outcome and you're overlooking the other side. And when you have a balance, when you have wisdom, when you have intuition, you balance out both positives and negatives and you do not get attached to anything. As the famous saying goes, the wealthiest man in the world is the man who's not attached to anything. <laughs> includes females as well. Yeah. In that, you are not controlled by anything because anything that you attach yourself to controls you. Money, infatuations, resentments and anger. How many people have you been angry with in life that have ended up controlling and dictating the pace of your whole day? Yeah. How many people have you been infatuated with that you can't feel you live without and you stay blind to all these other downsides that they have? How many people that are resentful, you're resentful to or angry towards, you can't see the other side of them? And when you can't see the other side of them, then you label them as something and then you understand that they take up a lot of time and a lot of space in your head that clouds your productivity to create a business, clouds your productivity to be of service, and clouds your productivity to know yourself and do work on yourself because the whole thing in your head is trying to find logic as to how can I be accepted or liked. And when you can get rid of that and understand that one, everybody is equal, two, you need to love yourself. When you love yourself, you understand that everyone is on an equal level. And that's a very powerful level to get to that not many people get to. So it's what we call a level of consciousness awareness. Okay? Yeah. And if you are listening to this and, and you think, oh, that sounds like bullshit or whatever, that's ignorance. Because when you understand that a life that's purely built on gratitude and gratefulness and love and existence that understands that every negative has a positive, every positive has a negative, you understand the polarities of each of those things bring you back into the center and make you value the things that were positive and make you value the things that were negative and that grows you yeah because we attach ourselves so much to one-sidedness uh, you know in a relationship he or she needs to behave like this if they don't behave like he or she is like that, that 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 that's not a great relationship for me the fact of the matter is any relationship unconditional love has no conditions okay when you unconditionally love someone think about your mom and dad there's going to be parts of your mom and dad you love there's going to be parts of your mom and dad you hate and collectively you understand that and accept that and there's no conditions to it. Whereas when you're in a condition, uh, a relationship or uh, you have a resentment or an infatuation, you, you want conditions to be met. You need to be texting me back at this time. You need to be doing this. <laughs> you have, uh, a resentment. Oh, they're only this, they're only that. They want to achieve this because of this and because of that. When you actually start asking those questions to yourself, why am I feeling like that? You understand that you're dependent and addictive on finding logic to verify against yourself. Mm -hmm. that only comes whenever you don't know yourself because I can tell you one thing 
anybody that's inspired and truly in love with themselves and confident in the service they provide to the world and know that they're a benefit to the world does not have the time nor energy to infatuate or resent. They learn yeah. and grow. And it's, it's like what you said off call, you know, where unfortunately we're kind of ingrained to think that loving yourself is, is bad or loving yourself is a negative. Obviously there's, there's, there's a line between being, you know, extremely egotistical and then kind of knowing that you add value to the world, knowing that you add value to your clients or the people that you serve um, or the people in your life and valuing your worth. And I think, you know, we spoke about, um, well, you have to be, you have to be a balance of a narcissist and an altruist, because if you're not a mixture of both, then you're going to be too narcissistic and you're not going to be liked. You're going to be too altruistic and you're going to burn out. So you have to have an amalgamation of giving and amalgamation of taking. And if you don't have self-love and appreciation, if you don't value yourself, how can you sell value as a businessman? Mm-hmm. If you don't value yourself, um, how can you value someone else in a relationship? Okay. And we all go through parts of our life where we don't value ourselves and we're looking for validation, looking for all these kinds of things to verify things. That's fine. You have to go through those areas to discover yourself, but understand that is all just lessons and teaching and feedback just watch your behavior, watch your internal dialogue, watch your questions. Why did I react that way? What does that tell me about me? I mean, you start asking yourself these questions. Why do I feel the need to invest energy into this to find out what? Why do I need to go in and look at that to find out what? Mm. Um, why do I need to post this and with the agenda or the intent of doing this? What is that telling me about me? Well, I'm annoyed about something. What am I annoyed about? Well, I'm annoyed about this, right? Why am I annoyed about that? Well, it goes against my values. And you have to understand that you're technically trying to impose your values on everyone else when that happens. Yeah. But you understand, like if I said to you, um, you know, Chris is really, really fucking annoying, right? If I said that, right, um, I truly, from wisdom, would say he might not always be annoying. There may be other parts of him that aren't annoying, but I just see the annoying parts. Mm-hmm. And again, you have to understand that because no one is all one-sided, okay? Yeah. You know, if you think your mom and dad are all loving, there's going to be unloving sides them as well, right? So, you know, when you actually begin to understand that people are just a a makeup of traits that you label them, but you don't see the other side, that's when you begin to understand people better and you understand that everybody's just in it to do their best. When everybody's in it to do their best and you you approach it with just an, an understanding of the fact that, look, everyone's here to do their best. If I can love myself and love everyone else and just see that everyone's going through a different journey and trying to grow themselves, then I can learn an awful lot about myself and I can do more mm-hmm. because we're just caught in that judgmental of can't do this, can't do that. He's doing this, she's doing. You're you're just living with other people's lives. And, and some, sometimes on social media, that's that's difficult, right? Because well, first of all, we're all going to show one side of ourselves to the world and secondly the way someone views that side of you can be seen we'll we'll put it like this your best social media content will be your most vulnerable yeah well i've only started to realize that recently right so i mean when i first got into social media of course it without without going too deep going maybe back to childhood um that kind of feeling like i needed a pat on the back or feeling like i needed reassurance or feeling like i needed that sort of um, 
you know, just acceptance was something that I suppose when I got into social media, that was something that it served that aspect of, of my personality and my life, which, um, you know, was, I mean, that's a part of your life that, you know, I, you know, you have to grow through and you have to value that and you have to thank that because at the end of the day, if you, you know, if you weren't going to experiment or do any of that, how would you know who you are? But the thing is most people that go through life know that answer, but don't deal with it. So if you're questioning something and you're saying in that question, well, I behaved like this because of this, and this told me about this about me. Okay, well, what are you going to do to correct and grow that? Are you just going to accept that or are you going to actually proactively now starting to understand the intent behind your actions and reevaluate those? And when you reevaluate those, that then begins to create repetition. Repetition creates new structure, new new habits, new lifestyle, new, new reality and you change your personality. So you can actually, you know, work to dissolve your personality because your personality is merely just a collection of your interpretation of experiences based on a subjective filter of your own values. And when you begin to disarm that, and let's face it, most of the stuff we, we put in our heads is all lies, illusions, you know, think about some of the stuff you've thought about already this morning that hasn't even existed yet. You've been in London in your apartment on your two bare feet on the ground and in your head, you've thought about circumstances and situations that aren't even happening. Yeah. Right. And what happens is whenever we create those circumstances, we believe them so much to be true that it takes us away from the presence and the ability to serve and impact others. And most importantly, love ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. So whenever you're going through those phases, you know, you're aging quick, your, your mind's blocked. And, you know, it's like, you know, going to, going out on a date with a girl that you realize you don't really like, and it's sort of like, you know, you're not present or, you know, you, if you've got a partner and, you know, you're, you've got that much on in your head or you're that resentful or infatuated with something else and you're trying to look them in the eye and they're trying to call, talk to you, they're present with you and you're like in a different world. <laughs> That's an example of this is resonating with me far too much. I'm like, oh, I need to write this plan for someone else, or I need to yeah. set a call up for someone, and yeah. Yeah, but again, the reality is with that. If you're asking yourself questions with that, then the smart person, the person with wisdom, goes, okay, that question's coming up quite a lot. What is that saying to me? Well, that's saying to me that I maybe need to create more stability, more structure, more automation, more self-sustaining systems mm-hmm. in that area of my life to in order to allow me to get freedom. Yeah. Right. And that's where the work needs to be put in. And of course we live in a society now where nobody wants to do the work. Nobody wants to build trust. Nobody wants, everybody wants the easy widget or the easy app or the quick way to do it. And like I said, you know, at the start of the call, the quicker or off the call, the quicker you build wealth, the quicker you lose it. Hmm. And you have to grow as a person. Um, and you have to put the work in, in order to value what you've worked for. Because when you get something thrown in your lap very quick, it's something that you'll not value. It's hard to value something that's given for yeah. free. So yeah. it's like, I always, we had this conversation the other night with a couple of guys in about uh, intellectual property and people sharing ebooks and stuff like that. How many ebooks have you ever been given free by someone? A couple, a few? Maybe a handful. Yeah. Right. Have you read them? because they're free probably less likely than one that i bought is that your point exactly yeah Yeah. exactly you don't value it so it's like you know if again you know the the ultimate question which is something that i ask all my mentorees and mastermind clients every single time i'm with them is this um 
if I give you a hundred million dollars, hundred million sterling tomorrow, yeah, what would you do? And those individuals that say I would stop, buy a house, buy a car, chill out for the rest of my days, and go and live in fucking Canada or you know the other side of the world, I automatically say you're not going to last in what you do. Mm-hmm. You're not inspired because when you're inspired, you understand that money is just a monetary exchange system for the value that you provide others. And that comes from the value and certainty that you demonstrate in the areas that you love to exchange value in. So when you want to continue what you do and you want to continue to impact and empower more people, that's when you know you're onto something inspiring. So if you give me a hundred million tomorrow, what I would probably do is first probably take a holiday holiday to go and think about it, but I would make sure that I invest that money into scaling my mission for what I currently do because I love what I do. Yeah. You know? And that would be in tools, that would be in knowledge, that would be in my own mentorship, that would be in my own travel, my own facilitation, um, all of these things. And, you know, you've got you to ask those questions. And the thing is, if you're not asking those questions, you know, it's bringing, again, awareness to the fact, right, I'm maybe not on the right peer group. I maybe don't have the right amount of people around me. And, you know, the biggest, the, you know, the biggest lesson when it comes to mistakes and stuff like that is you can work through it on your own and it'll take you a long time. But if you're working around people that are really dedicated and, and, and built to build an inspiring life, then you're going to, it's like sticking your hand in a pot of glue. You're going to, glue's going to stick and you're going to take away elements. How many times you've been to a seminar or been on a, on a book or a podcast and take away elements of it and, and you incorporate it into your life. Mm-hmm. You know, so many people don't see the value in, in actually getting a coach. Why? Because their ego protects them, right? And, you know, some people are scared of investing in themselves. And I'm always like, right, okay, well, you, you know, you've got your money, um, you know, that you can either hold on to that and hold on to your problems, or you can, you know, invest mm-hmm. in somebody that you trust and actually look at working through your problems when somebody else has done that before. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing how many people are held back by fear and uh, comfort you know yeah yeah no i definitely see that and i see that with a lot of you know some of my some of my clients at the minute we've got in um the spearman fitness academy which is kind of based towards um some personal trainers but mainly maybe competitive athletes or people that want to you know go down maybe the uh, the magazine route or um fitness modeling route and quite a lot of those are um personal trainers as as it stands and some of them a lot of them would like to move over to a kind of an online coaching business model but the one thing that i've kind of tried to you know kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of their time or valuing their worth is it's quite difficult and it's a problem that i see with personal trainers in particular that they are underselling themselves in terms of in terms of their their time um, and it's inhibiting their ability to grow outside uh, or off the gym floor um, which is definitely something that I feel like I suffered from, uh, not personal training wise, but valuing my time or valuing my my work or valuing my effort. But it's it, it's a difficult one. So what would you what would you say to um, you know maybe myself a year ago or or these guys in terms of valuing their worth? Well, it's as simple as this: you make a decision before you do an activity, start a relationship, start anything. Um, that you ask yourself simply, is this going to add to my life or take away from my life? Mm -hmm. And it will only add to your life if you know your values and you are, you know, looking at it from that perspective. And you'll know finally 
okay, is this relationship, is this individual going to support my life or are they going to take away from my life? Yeah. Is this business venture going to support or take away? Is this holiday going to support or take away? Is this night out going to support or take away? Is this drug going to support or take away? Um, is this action going to support or take away? And you always get truth. Mm-hmm. And the ego is the one that will tell you, well, no, go for the shortcut, go for the instant gratification, get this, get that, do this, don't do that. That's going to take too long. You're going to fail in the long run. You just want to get the short action. And you know what? People are going to like you now, so go for this one. And that's like a little devil on your shoulder trying to tell you. But when you learn to master that, like you just open up a whole different paradigm of thought and thinking and life and reality. Because most people are just living in a... In a, in, a, in a paradigm that's just simply controlled by the, this small ego that just wants instant hits of gratification that don't lead anywhere other than inevitably trouble in the long run because yeah. you have no substance behind it. And, you know, you can see it a mile off on social media when you've got a really trained, you know, when you, when you have a trained eye, right? And, um, you know, all the individuals and I can say this with complete and utter certainty and confidence, all the individuals that have faked it that I know never last. They always crash and burn. Why? Because they're not built on truth. They're not original. And the reason for that is, is because they've spent their whole life ignoring their intuition and trying to ride on their ego. And as a result of that, that inevitably backfires and the proof is in the results. And I, this is something, again, I say to everyone that I mentor, the proof is in your results. When you wake up in the morning, what is the first thought, the first feeling that comes to mind? If that is pain, if that is frustration, if that is procrastination, you're not living according to your values. Mm-hmm. If you are going to the gym even, and part of you is um, you know, suffering or in pain or something like that, that's feedback, you know, and you do something about it. Um, the same thing goes with life. I mean, what's your financials saying about your business? What is the, the, the level of product? What's your productivity like? Well, you know, what are you benchmarking that against? We have a tendency when it comes to looking at like, you know, trying to grow ourselves as entrepreneurs or businessmen to go and look at something and compare ourselves to the best in the world and then say, oh, I'm not as productive as him. I'm not good enough. And then what happens is you then go into something else and you try to mask that with some kind of verification. So it's like, you know, you just got to learn to, master your emotions and and that's the most important thing but mistakes are great ways and that's what i want to finish on is mistakes are great ways of humbling us and bringing us to the point where we realize that we need to change our dynamics our sorry mechanics of how we think about things and reflect upon right how can i look at this now in the way that it served me to change my character and what have i got to start implementing from now that's going to help me with that and again knowing that every mistake is only at the time um, what you feel is best. So, Absolutely. I know we spoke off call about our, our individual mistakes and things like that. And that's, you know, mine is something that I'll touch on in a later podcasts and things like that, but it's how I feel it's impacted my life, made me a better person, made me more humble, um, and definitely made my business more successful in, in the sense that I kind of completely delve deep into the people who've invested in me and my time um, and value my service and value my time. Um, What would you say to people who are out there now? And I know there's quite a lot of people who are still bitter, are still resentful and are still holding on to that sort of feeling like 
I never made professional football because X, Y, and Z, or I never made a big time because of this, or this person prevented me from succeeding in whatever, um, or whatever, you know, negative aspect or, or, um, you know, kind of situation that we've been in. Well, like I said, like I said earlier on, any area in life you don't take control of, someone else will control. Yeah. So whether it's a past circumstance, event, person, individual, football club, management, whatever, they're controlling your life. And you can either, one, play along, be the victim, be the, be the, be the puppet, be the robot, or you can stop, ask yourself, what am I doing? Who's controlling me? And realize that everything is going over in your head as you're just replaying, replaying, and you're overlooking everything in your life now that you have to be grateful for. And it all starts with very simple gratitude. Mm. Just looking at, first of all, being grateful for stopping and actually asking the question, what does this tell me about myself? If you stop and you go, right, you know what? I'm still so controlled by that because I was infatuated with being this person or being in that relationship. Then understand that you're giving your whole life to someone else. You know, you're the master of your own life and you've got to be able to control that. If you can't control that, you can't help anyone else because you're addicted to them. And nobody wants to be over-supported or have someone clinging on to them like an addiction. Yeah. independent you know and you know we, we, the fact of the matter is you know look look now at the the past event and understand like that's yeah, certain, reason. yeah. the elements to it but that, that that's the main uh feeling that i would put towards that yeah absolutely any uh i know you're uh you're you're caught for time so yeah, I have another call here in, in, in 10 minutes. So. so I'm going to throw one last question at you because it is a question that I keep, I ask myself kind of, I, I'll probably say every morning bar, bar none over the last few months. And it's probably where I'm at with my business and my life right now. And it's a good problem to have before, you know, I get loads of people giving out. But I'm at a stage in my life now where I feel like over the last year or two since I finished my PhD that my business is in a really good position. It's in a really healthy position. But I am overly aware that if I want to take my business from a six to a seven figure business, there are lots of things I need to do. And there are lots of things that I need to put in place. The biggest obstacle standing in my way is me being so grateful that I even got to where I am in the first place that I could sit back and be complacent. What would you say to someone in my situation? Would you say at the end of the day, success is happiness in in the sense of where I am right now? Or would you maybe give me a little encouragement to push forward and keep going? Well, I mean, first of all, success is purely just the progression towards a goal. So success could be linked to anything. But the biggest thing that I would advise you to do is look at all the areas of life and make uh, ultimately what you would want to have and be in those areas and then work out how you're going to get there. In a few years' time. Lifelong journey. Yeah. Okay, with no end point. So if it's financial freedom, that's the goal. Not seven figures. It's financial freedom. Yeah. Uh, seven figures will fall within that bracket. It's collective. So when you set those lifelong journeys or goals of where you're going to go, and then you look at the action steps that are needed to get there, that dictates the path. And again, you've got to be ultra precise with them. And, you know, when you attach yourself to earning seven figures, I mean, what does seven figures mean? Like, what, you know, what does that mean? Money's just an exchange of service. So if you want to go to seven figures, focus on how you can start impacting and serving more people. 
Yeah. Don't focus on the figures because when you focus on how can I optimize, systemize, create self-sustaining systems to allow me to serve and impact more, then the money will come as a byproduct. Absolutely. Uh, consider the value that you're adding before people buy. Um, also as well, you know, do the work on yourself because your financial bank account is direct proportion to your personal development bank account. Yeah. You know about yourself. And I can't stress that enough. If you're not investing in yourself, don't expect your business to grow. Like I said, you can't solve the same problem and the same level of thinking that created that. That's a quote by Einstein. And, you know, it's, you know, Without, without a shadow of a doubt, you know, if you're going to learn something about, you know, your PhD, you're going to go and read a book or a resource, right? You're going to try and figure that out in your own head. How long is that going to take? Mm. You know, so it's the same kind of principle. Um, but again, in your business, going through and dissect, I mean, there's so many elements we can go into, but like, you know, dissect what is really paying off and what yeah. is just a little and double down on the stuff that's really paying off and then delegate or systemize the stuff that's not really paying off. Yeah. Awesome. Dude, it's been a pleasure. Yes, thank absolute you very much. Pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. I'll get you on for sure in probably, what, 2022? <laughs> I can bring you down again. Yeah, definitely. That'd be great. Dude, thank you so much. And thank you very much for having me on, Chris. I really appreciate it. No problem. Where can people find more about you? Yeah, just go to phil-graham.com, diabetic muscle fitness, or look me up on Instagram, Phil Graham, and you will find me. Awesome. Cheers. Thank you, dude. Awesome stuff.